Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today we have a ton to talk about because we just had one of the best weeks of the NFL season. We had the game of the year in the Bills-Vikings game. Tom Brady beating the Seattle Seahawks in the first ever NFL regular season game in Germany. We also had a great comeback from the Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys. An entertaining Sunday night football game between the Chargers and the 49ers. And the previously undefeated Eagles lost to the Washington Commanders at home on Monday night football. So we have we have a loaded episode today. But let's start with a game of the year. Wouldn't you agree this was yeah, the this best Yeah, this one was year? amazing. Back and forth on offense. Came down to the wire. It was great stuff to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we're talking about the Bills playing the Vikings in Buffalo. So just a quick recap in case you missed it. The Buffalo Bills were up 17 points, I believe, in the fourth quarter. But then the Vikings came storming back thanks to a couple Josh Allen turnovers. Then on a fourth and 18, the Vikings somehow managed to convert it thanks to one of the best catches of all time from Justin Jefferson who somehow caught it with one hand while leaning backward while the Buffalo Bills' safety had two hands on it. It was incredible. The, the Vikings drove down the field. It was fourth and goal. They were about on the one-yard line. They tried a QB sneak, didn't get it. They were so close. But then on the very next play, as they turned the ball over, Josh Allen fumbled. The Vikings recovered, scored a touchdown, went up three points, but then immediately the Bills drove down the field, kicked the game-timing field goal. It went into overtime. The Vikings, thanks again to Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, drove down the field, kicked the field goal to take a three-point lead. And then Josh Allen started to go right back down the Vikings' defense throat. But then he threw a game-ending interception to Patrick Peterson. It was, I mean, these last two minutes were unbelievable. So much to get to, but... I mean, what do you what do you want to what do you want to start with this game? Should we talk about Justin Jefferson? Or? I mean, I don't even know where to start with this game because, I mean, the Vikings they played amazing. They've been like sneakily having one of the best seasons uh, in the NFL this year. They're one of the top teams in the NFC, making a, a run for that number one or number two spot in the playoffs. Uh, and I mean, this division that they're playing against is is not that great. They could lock up this division with three four weeks left in the season. And, uh, I mean, this team is really good. They're not a team you're going to want to face going into the playoffs, even though they do have Kirk Cousins, who's notably not great in playoff games unless they're against the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, do you are you scared of Kirk Cousins? Maybe not. But the rest of this team with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, uh, a pretty solid defense, I mean, this is a tough team to watch out for. Yeah, I mean – no one really bought the Vikings as a legitimate Super Bowl contender before this game because they really hadn't beat anyone good. But at this point, you have to say they have to be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, at least in the top five. I think they're probably the first or second best team in the NFC. And you mentioned Kirk Cousins and the doubts we have about him. But I think the big difference that Kirk Cousins has that's going to help Kirk Cousins now is Kevin O'Connell. And he's the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. 
taking over for Mike Zimmer. Kevin O'Connell obviously was previously the Rams offensive coordinator. He really helped Matthew Stafford in his Super Bowl run. And obviously before last year, Matthew Stafford was not known for winning playoff games. He had never won a playoff game before last year. Kevin O'Connell really did a great job of helping Matthew Stafford play well in those games. And really, because of that, I think we have to give Kirk Cousins a chance. There's obviously this big narrative about him losing primetime games, him losing playoff games. But with this new head coach, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm willing to give Kirk Cousins a chance. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's a very good quarterback, definitely in the top 15. He's been playing really well this year. And if you actually look at his stats throughout his career with the Minnesota Vikings, he's put up top 10 quarterback stats. He just doesn't have those big signature wins other than the one you mentioned against the Saints. And I think the other thing that's really working in Kirk Cousins' favor is Justin Jefferson. And can we talk a little bit about him? Because through his first three years, he has the most 100-yard games in NFL history. This past weekend against the Bills, he was unguardable. He made catch after catch after catch. Obviously, we talked about one of the most impressive catches in NFL history. He's phenomenal. He might be the best receiver in the NFL. And actually, you know what? I'm going to say it. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. Maybe you could put Tyree Kill up there. Maybe you could put, I don't know, uh, Jamar Chase went healthy. But I think Justin Jefferson is just better than them because there's no one who combines his athleticism with his speed, his catching ability, his route running ability. Now that Cooper's cup is out, I think Justin Jefferson has to be the best receiver. I think you could definitely say that. I mean, there are some guys like Stephon Diggs who I might put ahead of them just because he's had a longer track record. But it is crazy how quickly Justin Jefferson has gotten to the top of NFL wide receivers. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best in the league. I would be call anyone crazy who didn't put him in their top three wide receivers right now. Uh, and he's done this in only three years. It takes a lot of wide receivers like Stephon Diggs, like DeAndre Hopkins, who have been like at the top of the position. It's taken them like three, four years just to be talked about in top 10 status. And I mean, his rookie year, he was setting the world on fire and he's kept that up. This guy is crazy. And if he continues this, he could be one of the best receivers of all time if he continues this run of dominance. Absolutely. And he's making Kirk Cousins look great, like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And before Justin Je Kirk Cousins had Justin Jefferson, we thought of Kirk Cousins as kind of an average quarterback. And you mentioned Stephon Diggs, and he also had a great game against the Vikings. And at this point, can we say this is one of the most fair trades in NFL history? The Vikings trading Stephon Diggs to the Bills for a first-round pick, which they then used to draft Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's worked out great for yeah, both teams. Yeah, it's definitely been a win-win for both sides. The Bills love Stephon Diggs. He's been, you know, super good for them always super consistent, and I mean, so is Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. So I think both teams got a great deal out of this one. Absolutely. Let's touch on the Bills, though. Two losses in a row now, one against the Jets, who, I mean, they had a good season, but they're still the Jets. Zach Wilson hasn't looked very good. And then blowing a 17-point lead at home against the Vikings, obviously. And I think one of the big takeaways for me is that Josh Allen can't keep having this many turnovers against the Jets, he had two interceptions. In this game, he had two interceptions. 
an absolutely disastrous fumble at the end of the game. I've never seen anyone fumble like that on their own goal line. All he had to do was just get the ball properly and just lean forward, and then the Bills win this game. And I think at this point, it's really concerning that the Bills keep underperforming in close games. The Bills, I've heard this analogy, and I think it's so true. They're the Mike Tyson of the NFL. If it's a not if if the Bills can land a knockout punch, they win the game. They ha- are so good at blowing teams out of the water. But when it's a close game, when they need to perform well in the fourth quarter, when they don't have massive leads, frequently they choke under pressure. And I saw a stat that Josh Allen has never won an overtime game. His record in one possession games is abysmal. So at this point, the Bills need to figure this out. And I think it's start time to start pointing some blame at Sean McDermott because I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, but at the same time, in certain situations, the Bills make too many mistakes and mistakes in close games come down to poor coaching. So we have to start pointing fingers at Sean McDermott. We have to start pointing fingers at the new offensive coordinator. We obviously have to start pointing fingers at Josh Allen because a great NFL quarterback like him can't be making these mistakes. And I'm really concerned about them moving forward. If they, I, I still think they're my Super Bowl pick because on their day, they are by far the best team in the NFL. But Josh Allen can't be playing like this, especially when you think about close playoff games where he needs to be great down the stretch. I mean, is this what Josh Allen is now? Just an inconsistent quarterback who's sometimes great and sometimes terrible? I mean, you look at it, his whole career, when he was getting drafted, we were still talking about he throws a lot of interceptions. And now, four years down the road, yeah, he has all the arm strength in the world. Is great running the football. He adds another dimension to that team uh, by running the football. But, I mean, he's still throwing interceptions. And it's coming back to bite him in big games, which – like, how much has he really grown as a quarterback uh, if he's still throwing these interceptions that, you know, really need to be cleaned up for him to take the next level to be a QB who wins you the Super Bowl in big games like that? Yeah, we really need to see an improvement from him if the Bills want to go anywhere in the playoffs. Um, let's move on now to the game that happened immediately after the Vikings-Bills game. The Cowboys played the Packers in Lambeau. The Cowboys had a 28-14 to lead. They blew it. Aaron Rodgers scored two back-to-back touchdowns late in the fourth quarter. Christian Watson, the new rookie Packers wide receiver, had three touchdowns in this game. So this game went into overtime, and the Cowboys were driving down the field. They had a chance to kick a field goal to go up ahead, and instead, Mike McCarthy chooses to go for it on fourth and three or fourth and four, they don't get it, and Aaron Rodgers hits one pass to Alvin Lazard. The Packers drive down the field, kick a game-winning field goal, and now all of a sudden, the Packers look like a legitimate team again. But I want to go back to that decision for McCarthy, which I think is terrible because your defense is the focal point of your team. Your defense is on track to be one of the best defenses in NFL history. You have Micah Parsons, who's a leading contender for Defensive Player of the Year, How can you not kick the field goal and trust your defense to at least hold Aaron Rodgers to a field goal but prevent them from scoring a touchdown, which is what they did? If you're Mike McCarthy, you have to trust your defense in this situation, in my opinion. And again, this is another example of Mike McCarthy making terrible decisions. 
terrible coaching decisions in tight moments. Situationally, Mike McCarthy has proven time and time again that he makes too many mistakes. Do you agree with me here? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you've seen some of the mistakes he's made. He had Dak Prescott passing almost 50 times in this game where they were up by two scores. I mean, this is a team built to run the ball. When they had Dalton Schultz, and or not Dalton Schultz, uh, Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback in, they ran the ball, they ran it effectively, and that's why they won so many games with him in because they ran the ball. They get up, they get a lead. This is exactly what you want if you're a football team that runs the ball well. Get a lead in the third quarter, run the ball, run it down their throats, run the clock out, and he doesn't do that. He keeps Dak Prescott getting back there, passing, getting them into second and 10, third and 10, so they have to pass even more, and he throws interceptions. And and this could all be avoided if you just hand off the rock to guys like Tony Pollard behind that great offensive line. That's just coaching malpractice to not give them the ball more. I couldn't have said any better. Now let's move on to the Chargers 49ers Sunday night football game, which came down to the wire. Uh, The 49ers ended up winning this game at home. And can we, before we talk about the 49ers, can we talk about the Chargers a little bit? Because they have not looked good this year. And I think one of the other players who hasn't looked very good is Justin Herbert. And I know he's been injured, but he made some bad plays down the stretch uh, late in the fourth quarter when they were backed up on their own goal line. He missed a wide open receiver on fourth down that allowed the 49ers to kick a field goal to go up six points. So the Chargers need to score a touchdown. And then on the very next drive, he throws an interception on the first play. I get that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't there. He doesn't really have any other options. He basically just has Austin Eckler. His O-line is banged up, but he has not looked very good this year. He was supposed to emerge as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When you think of the bright young quarterbacks in the NFL, you think of him, you think of Lamar Jackson, you think of Joe Burrow. Lamar and Joe Burrow have had great years this year. He hasn't. What's going on with Justin Herbert? I mean, you can talk about the injury, but he just hasn't been playing the same as he was last year. He has the same sort of weapons. He has a similar offensive line. And it just hasn't been the same for some reason. And, I mean, they really have to get that fixed because this team could still easily make the playoffs, make a wild card spot, and make a run if Justin Herbert is back to being his normal self who uh, can really take this team to the next level. But if he stays like this and they keep losing these close games, not beating teams that they should be able to beat, then, I mean, you can pretty much call the season a wash. Yeah, I mean – this Chargers team right now is fully reliant on Justin Herbert to get wins. And quite simply, he, as you've mentioned, he's been quite underwhelming. He's still a great quarterback. And I do think the injury is playing a role, but he just needs to be better. And it's going to be really interesting to see when they get Mike Williams back and Keenan Allen back, if he can really transform into the quarterback that we're used to seeing. But if not... I think there have to be some real questions about that Chargers coaching staff staff because we know that Justin Herbert has the talent, but he's just not being placed in positions where he can succeed. Now, talking about the 49ers really quickly, they won this game, but they were not very impressive offensively. They really had to rely on their defense being great in the second half. Can we talk about the fact that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel have like didn't have great games? And why aren't they having great games? These are two extremely dynamic players, which the 49ers seem not to be using. Elijah Mitchell came back, and the 49ers used Elijah Mitchell more than they used Christian McCaffrey. 
what's going on with Kyle Shanahan. If you ask me, I think that Kyle Shanahan is kind of not doing a great job. Like, I think we should place most of the blame here on Kyle Shanahan because you have so many dynamic weapons on this team. And for some reason, you refrain from using them. Debo Samuel has had a really underwhelming year. And I know that part of it is because he wanted to be used more as a receiver than as a running back. But still, Kyle Shanahan should find a way to give him the ball on jet sweeps, on quick wide receiver screens. Sometimes it's okay to use Debo Samuel in the run game. Similarly with Christian McCaffrey, you traded your entire future for him. Why are you not giving him the ball? Why are you giving it to Elijah Mitchell, who is a great running back, but he's not Christian McCaffrey, and he's just coming back from a major injury? The 49ers won this game, but this was a game at home against a banged-up Chargers team. I think it's really disappointing. I thought with this Christian McCaffrey trade that they were going to have so many dynamic weapons on offense, but something's just not clicking. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for this team because – they were giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey. He had 14 carries. They targeted him six times in the past game, but he just was not getting going. And I think that's one of the reasons that they switched it up, went with Elijah Mitchell. And, uh, I mean, but Debo Samuel, not having him in the backfield a little, at least a little bit along with Christian McCaffrey, that could open so many things up for them, make them run the ball a lot more effectively when he's in there. Because, I mean, teams can really stack the box on just Christian McCaffrey and shut down that run game. Yeah, I mean, even, like, just hitting Debo Samuel on quick slant routes. Like, why is Debo Samuel not getting, posting the numbers that he posted last year? He had 1,400 yards receiving last year. It's not like he was used exclusively as a running back. So even if you don't want him to run the ball, you have to still find a way to get him the ball in the pass game. And he's been really underwhelming. And it's not like he just magically stopped being a good football player. We saw that amazing touchdown he scored against the Rams in pretty much his only good game this year where he shrugged off so many tackles. He's still great. It's not like Jimmy G isn't getting him, doesn't want to get him the ball because Jimmy G did get him the ball last year. So I don't really understand. The 49ers have so much talent on this team and it's so frustrating because they're so talented, but they don't seem to perform at their highest level week in and week out. And finally, let's talk about the Monday Night Football game. The Eagles upset by the Commanders. Uh, Taylor Heineke somehow beating out dueling Jalen Hurts in this game. The Eagles were plagued by turnovers. I mean, were the Eagles a little overhyped in your opinion? I mean, yeah, this team wasn't like and I didn't think this team was gonna go 17-0 or anything like that. They're just not built, they don't have as much depth as teams that you think can maybe make a run for it that are going to go like 15-2, and 16-1, 17-0. They're not exactly built like those teams. They've had an easy, easy schedule up to this point. Even Washington, like that's kind of an easier team. They're still a, probably the best team in the NFC. I still believe that. But they're going to lose some games. I'm not too worried about them, especially on Monday night. I think they'll get they'll get back to it get back on schedule. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we should overreact about this game. The Eagles are still, what is it, 8-1 and one now? Yeah, 8-1. They're still atop the NFC East. They still have the number one seed in the NFC, thanks to their Week 2 win against the Vikings. The one concern for me is this was the first game where the Eagles trailed in the, in the second half. 
for a significant amount of time. And they really struggled when they could not just rely on the run game and Jalen Hurts' running ability. I still trust Nick Sirianni to figure out a way to help them improve in the fourth quarter and in the second half in general when they're trailing. But definitely, I agree with you. This this kind of reminded me of the Steelers from a couple of years ago when they went 11-0, but everyone kind of knew that they weren't the best team in the NFL despite their record, and they were kind of proved as frauds at the end of the year. I'm not saying the Eagles are frauds. I still think, as I said, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, but they're not like the 2007 Patriots. Yeah, no. If you dropped them in the AFC, had them play an AFC schedule, they'd probably be 6-2 and two right now, if I had to guess, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like... The NFC is definitely the weaker conference, and I think that's a big reason why the Eagles have had such a great record. Moving forward, I still think they're one of the better teams, but there are definitely some major concerns. Now, for our big prediction for next week, the Cowboys play the Vikings in Minnesota, another game where everyone's going to be watching Kirk Cousins. Do you think he'll be able to pull it off, or do you think the Cowboys bounce back from their loss against the Packers. Look, I think the Cowboys can bounce back from this one. Uh, I mean, they really need to win this game if they want to stay in the race for that division with the Eagles and the Giants. And, you know, I think Dak Prescott, I think Mike McCarthy sees what they were doing last week, not running the ball enough. I think if they can get a lead early, they're going to run the ball. I think both teams in this game are going to run the ball. Davin Cook, Tony Pollard, both great running backs. And I think that O-line for the Dallas Cowboys is what's going to lead them to victory. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I think I'm going to actually pick the Minnesota Vikings. I talked about how I have more faith in Kirk Cousins than most people. And I'm going to stick by that. I think the Vikings are going to come out. They're going to be extremely hyped because they just beat the Buffalo Bills, who were everyone's Super Bowl pick. I think they're going to have a great game. Justin Jefferson is going to have a great game. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to be a little bit exposed. And you mentioned they're going to run the ball. I agree. Both teams are going to run the ball. Potentially not as high scoring as most people think because these are two pretty good defenses. But because they're at home, because I trust Kirk Cousins, because I think they have better coaches right now, Kevin O'Connell I think is a better coach than Mike McCarthy despite the limited sample size. For all those reasons, I'm going to pick the Vikings in this game, though I do think it'll be close and it'll be extremely entertaining. And if it's anywhere near as good as the Bills-Vikings game, then we're in for a treat. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. We are not going to record one next week because it is Thanksgiving and we are on a break, but make sure you stay tuned two weeks from now when we record our, we're probably going to talk about who we think is a legitimate Super Bowl threat and who we think is more of a pretender. So that'll be our contender versus pretenders episode. We'll post that after Thanksgiving. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Once again, thank you for listening and goodbye.